Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary Podcast, the audio arm of Treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us with this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Greetings, church. Hope that you are doing well on this Shrove Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully you're having pancakes tonight uh, or, or uh, some fatty foods, clearing out the, the meat cellar, uh, enjoying, enjoying the day before we begin Lent tomorrow. Today we will be looking at our Old Testament text, but first we will open with a psalm. And we're going to do it a little bit different, uh, just like I, uh, we did a little bit different yesterday, uh, where our psalm for tomorrow, for Ash Wednesday, is Psalm 51. And today, instead of reading it uh, from the scriptures, we're going to sing that refrain again that we're going to have as the opening of our service tomorrow. But before we do that, let us calm our minds as we enter into this time of hearing from the Word of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength. Teach me your song, shelter me in the shadow of your wings. For we are your righteousness, if we've died to ourselves and lived through your death. And we shall be born again to be blessed in your love. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength. Teach me your song. Shelter me in the shadow of your wings, for we are your righteousness. If we've died to ourselves and lived through your death, and we shall be born again to be blessed in your love. Amen. It's one of my favorites, especially as we enter into Lent. It's almost this this uh, new-ish Gregorian chant, which is part of the reason probably why I like it. Well, our Old Testament reading, our first reading, comes out of Genesis 9, uh, 8 through 17. And God said to Noah, and to his sons with him. As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. 
I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, most of us know the Noah story. Maybe some of us uh, had the, the nursery at church or, or the Sunday school room that had the, the funky Noah's Ark artwork on the wall. Uh, I, we had that in the nursery at, at uh, my home church in San Luis Obispo, California, you know, where you have the, the, the Ark with the giraffes sticking their heads out the top and the elephant and all this stuff. It's very cute, right? right? It's not a very nice story, though, is it? It's a story of death. It's a story of destruction. It's a story of of people dying. But then also God saving. God choosing. We don't necessarily like that. We we don't like the word election. We don't like the fact that God might choose somebody for a special thing, but not somebody else. And, And that's what happens in the story of Noah. You have God choosing to save Noah and his family, but not choosing to save the dude down the street. That it was time to clean house. He looked at the world and he said, everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. Everyone is doing what is absolutely completely wicked and horrible. That is what it says to us. If you go back to chapter six, It, it tells us that every inclination of, a, of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. Then it says, but Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord, meaning that, that God established his grace with Noah. He said, Noah, I'm going to choose you. You're going to build an ark so that you can save your family. We're going we're to take you and, and have all of the... The, the world continue with you. Uh, and then things don't go that well. <laughs> even after that, things don't go that well. Before they even start repopulating the earth, there's a curse uh, sent upon uh, his own family uh, because of, of uh, some things that are, are inappropriate, shall we say. Uh, a curse that has been misread by blinded Christians for years to try and subjugate people. I don't want to necessarily talk specifically about that today, but it's this uh, this word that's used of ham to give uh, sort of a reason for why Israel was able to conquer Canaan, that it was okay to conquer the Canaanites. And we can talk about that at some other time. But what we get handed, though, is a, a picture of grace here. Grace for all people. That, that God says to us that even though he knows that after the flood, 
things are not going to go well. That he knows, he, he says it in chapter 8, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind, for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. That he knows that sin is still going to exist. We get given this text by God to say, that I'm going to hand you mercy. I'm going to hand you grace. I'll never again destroy the earth uh, with a flood. Might destroy with something else. I don't know, locusts, brimstone. You pick, because those things come, don't they? <laughs> but he says, I'm not going to do this again. And you're going to see this rainbow in the sky. And that rainbow is not for you. You're going to find it pretty and all that stuff. It's actually for me. It's actually to remind me of what I've said. It's to remind me that we have a contract, you and I. That God has this contractual relationship within his covenant. That's what a covenant is. Saying that I will never again do this. And in fact, it's this picture of grace to us. That when we see a rainbow... It should also remind us of another covenant that God has made. That he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That this, this covenant that he gives to us there of saying, my salvation for Noah and his family came in that ark. And then my salvation for all of the world comes in the form of the fact that I'm not going to need an ark again. But that I am going to bring salvific work in Christ for you for me, for the whole world, the place in which he soaked up all the sin. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's the gift that God gives to us. That's the reminder that we should take away from this text in the midst of a horrible story of death and destruction. God speaks a word of grace. He speaks a word of mercy to remind us of the fact that he is merciful and full of, of, of everlasting love us, of loving kindness, abounding in steadfast love, what Joel 2 tells us. And so we hold on to that. We realize that he is a God of mercy, even in the midst of a world that, that tries to destroy itself and gets destroyed by him. But he is one who brings his grace to us, even in the form of a rainbow, we get reminded of that. Let us pray. Holy God, Heavenly Father, in the waters of the flood you saved the chosen, in the wilderness of temptations, temptation you protected your Son from sin. Renew us in the gift of baptism. May your holy angels be with us, that the wicked foe may have no power over us, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church. Go in peace, serve the Lord, eat some pancakes, enjoy uh, this last day before Lent as we head into a time of, of introspection and a time of repentance. To be reminded of our brokenness, but also to be reminded of the one who picks up the broken pieces and knits them back together on that cross for us. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you later.